Hey guys, Maria Menounos here. Before your favorite TV after show begins, we want to let you know about my new show on Sirius XM Stars Channel 109. It's called Conversations with Maria, and it's live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Go to conversationswithmaria.com for more info. Buzz you later. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. <laughs> AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! What is up, guys? Welcome to AfterBuzz TV Scandal After Show. This is episode 11, The Candidate. As always, your favorite gladiators are here, starting with me, Emil Ennis Jr. Hi, I'm Sophia Stanley. Hi, I'm Bam Erickson. And it's just the three of us tonight. Our favorite gladiator, Cornelia, cannot be here with us tonight, but she's doing a comedy show, so she should be back soon. Best of luck, Cornelia. We miss you. Um, make sure you hit up on her, hit her up on Twitter for cold peace when she watches the episode. I'm sure she'll give one. At Cornelia. At Cornelia, yes. So, um, guys, I got emotional this episode. There really? was something, I did. There was something about this episode, um, and we're gonna get into it, uh, but there was a moment where I looked over at Sophia. I'm like, does she see me getting teary eyed? Like, I was like, oh my God, what's happening? Um, this episode I thought was layered. It was mm-hmm. so well thought out. I don't know. It felt, I don't want to say it felt like old scandal. It didn't feel like old scandal. It just felt great. It's funny that you said that because I actually agree with you 100%. And I wrote down on my notes to kind of keep me focused that. I was actually upset that we had to wait all the way through season four mm. and the first half of season five to get to this. So because of it, I think I am not actually as emotionally vested as I would have been arguably a season and a half ago. However, sense. I do agree with you. I think that the episode was great. I just feel like somehow I'm now I'm emotionally detached. Mm-hmm. So it's not resonating like it should. But theoretically, everything was there and yeah. it did feel very either old scandal or scandal 2.0. Um. I think that it was well written and I think for um you know how sometimes you have shows where you can go in and out mm-hmm. in and out when you're bored or whatever um <clears throat> if you've missed a season and a half you would be like well what the fuck is what's, what's going on and so for this you have to be a true fan a true gladiator to understand what this episode was about and so I just thought that it was just well written and you have to know the past in order to understand this, this the present episode no well said I agree with that and I'll say specifically why I got emotional later but let's start um, I call this the race for the White House mm-hmm. so let's start with Susan get her out of the way I love Susan Ross <laughs> I love Susan Ross mm-hmm. what I don't like is uh, David who has no spine and who's thinking with his penis all the time in everything. Um, what? But what did what did Lindsay da- say? Down boy. Yeah. Down, goes, down on all fours. And he gets no, no, no. But he she just says down boy. And she didn't even say on all fours. I can't. And then he literally gets on all fours. Like that's because not only do they 
mess around at work, but they do that kind of kinky stuff while they're at work. Well, you did say that you don't have the opportunity to go outside of the White House to get some action. I, well, I mean, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with that. I just, I'm, I, I've been holding this back. I'm disgusted. Like, I literally, every time they even approach one another, I literally, (laughs) I get the heebie-jeebies. Like, I'm a Kiba 100. Like, Ellen, your wife is absolutely beautiful, but I don't know why. I just, it just, it literally revolts me. And maybe it's supposed to, because they're not really, I just, She is a manipulator. And it's, I think that's why when we see David and Susan together, even though David is manipulating Susan because Liz wants him to, there is a chemistry there. That you yes. can't really deny because, and it, you feel, I feel like there were moments where, because let's let's take it back. So after David and Liz had this conversation, and she basically said, "I need her to get to the Oval because that would take me to the Oval. I don't want to be the mm-hmm. chief of staff, the VP, or the mm-hmm. yeah, 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 the mm-hmm. VP." Yeah. Um, when he finally does it, and they're having that conversation where they're trying to figure out where they're going to go. That was cute. Mm-hmm. But then we had a lot of firsts episode. We finally got to see Gettysburger. Very true. Jake has been bringing Liz. Oh God, I hate that I mixed them up. Jake has been bringing Liv, um, Gettysburger all these years, or however long they've known each other, and we finally got to see Gettysburger. But there was something about their interaction there, and how it was just the two of them, and they were sitting there in the booth. And you can say that he's manipulating her, and that there wasn't anything there. He was doing everything just because he wants to sleep with Liz. But there was something there, I think. It's because, and I don't know if I've said this on this show, but I'm a strong believer, just because it's strategic doesn't mean it's not authentic. Yes. And so I think that the reason that it resonated so well is because what he was saying was actually honest. The reason he was there was dishonest, but everything else was honest. And I think that him kissing her to stop her from being self-deprecating, that was Honest, And not only was that honest, I think that was extremely endearing. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, that's what you want in any friend, let alone someone that you're intimately or possibly intimately involved with. You want them to not only expect the best from you, but to almost not allow you to not be the best person that you can be or even <laughs> to talk about yourself in a negative manner because it's such an affront to them. I thought that was extremely sweet. Um, I did too, but the problem is... Don't play with people's feelings and don't, because at some point, Susan is going to find out what happened. So even if, even if he truly does like her and he breaks ties with Lizzie, the fact that he did it under those, uh, under those, uh, those pretenses, like you can't play with people's emotions. And I'm, I'm not trying to diss Susan to say she can't get a man. Right. But for someone like Susan, you can really fuck with her head. Mm-hmm. And, you don't do that to people because that's how you get stories where, you know, your balls get cut off. You can't do that. Don't do that to women. That's, well, that's not cool. I'll say this. A couple of things. I I got a little emotional in this scene and then I got emotional in this scene later on of uh, Melly and Liv. The reason why is it was when she was tearing herself down, saying what she wasn't. And then when he kissed her mm-hmm. and then he basically told her, know your worth in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. Have confidence. Know your worth. And I'm I'm reading this book right now, so that's probably why I'm a little emotional. <laughs> <laughs> what book are you reading? It's uh it's Steve Harvey, Act Like a Success, Think Like a, Think Like a Success, Discovering Your Gifts is really good. Anyway, there's something about because in life, especially I think because we live out here, we all are chasing whatever our individual and collective dreams are. And there's always those people who 
at a time in your life may have been an influential source. Mm -hmm. And they say you can't do whatever you want to do. So when you have somebody who believes in you, that can change the whole narrative and actually inspire you to do something, something that you might have once believed, but because of that one person, that group of people said you couldn't do it, it tore you down. I think that's why I got emotional because to see somebody not believe in themselves, to think that the only reason that she's a VP is just because she mm-hmm. is a, a, a way a for Melly to get in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like for her to be influenced so much by his words and for him to instill that much belief in her, that really touched me. But then it goes on the flip side to what Bam just said. The fact that he is manipulating her feelings. Once she finds out, here's my hope. I don't need her to cut his balls off. I just need her to turn that into motivation. Agreed. Well said. Because what we saw in the interview where she was talking about, oh, it's like when you like somebody. We, no. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to be the president, no, no. America doesn't need to like, we need to love you. We need to hear your stuff. Like, I need that confidence, Susan. So hopefully, if I think it's going where it's going, I want her to catch them, find out what's happening, but then motivate that to say, uh, yeah, I'm still going to run. Mm-hmm. You are not going to be my campaign manager. You're not going to the White House with me, and I'm still going to win. Like, I want that fire. Agreed. So, I I don't know. I'm really... I really like this storyline. I think it. we're starting to see more from <laughs> Susan that I'm enjoying. Um, let's go into the meat of the episode, though, with Melly and Liv. Because this had me all over the place for multiple seasons. Sophia specifically has talked about the trinity between Melly, Liv, and Fitz. More specifically, though, you said, and we've all pretty much said, that outside of the White House, in a separate world, they seem like they could be friends. In this episode... We went through so many different emotions because it started out where she's in there. She's talking about the book and we're just going to break it down. So she said that she wants to cut chapter two and in chapter two, she actually wants to hear why she stayed. Was it ambition or love? Were you having an affair? We want to know why the drop the mic moment was when she flipped it on Olivia and say, why did you leave? It was good that she finally got to ask questions, but you remember, Melly, you are the one that's writing the book, and you wanted Olivia to help you, so therefore, you have to be able to take the questions and how she's trying to help you prepare for this. So I can argue that it wasn't appropriate, or it could be appropriate. You can go both ways, but at the same time, she was asking you these questions because you came to her for her, for, for help, and so therefore... Did you not think that Olivia Pope, the girl who you came to hire to help you write this book, you didn't think that she was going to help help you bring out whatever you needed to to sell the best book possible? So for me, it was like, okay, this is the time not to be petty. You need to take it if you're gonna if you're gonna have the woman who is responsible, blah blah blah, the past. She should have expected for her to ask these kind of questions and and critique her book. So I felt like it was inappropriate at that time. 50-50. I'm, I'm not going to disagree with what you said from a first level perspective. On a second level, I think it had to happen because we're not dealing with normal people. At the end of the day, they're in a relationship. And I think that in a relationship, 
you bounce ideas off of one another. And I think that even though I think that oftentimes we think that Melly was being petty and it was a drop the mic moment, I think there's another part of her that really is like, no, but why did you leave? Like, because at that moment, she's kind of like, I don't know. And it's kind of like if someone says something like, oh, well, you drop the, the like, you always leave your clothes on the floor. Well, well you um never clean the bathroom. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I think it's that type of just normal banter, again, when you're in a relationship. When someone kind of backs you into a corner, if you are intrinsically a fighter, you fight back. That's what Melly did. That's the first part. The second part is, and I think this is why the dialogue in the show is so important, when she said, you know, why did you leave? You know, because maybe it will inspire me, or at least I can steal it. That is exactly what happened. In them later on, as the episode progresses, as they continue to kind of delve and banter, that is what allows Melly, once Olivia is 100% honest with her on why she left, then Melly was able to be honest with herself. It's because at various times, but, but the majority of the time, it really is Olivia who's the leader. Olivia is the their emotional, spiritual, um, professional in every aspect. She she is their leader. Like I don't want to kind of go as far as to say that she is their messiah, but on some level she is. Like every all roads lead to Fitz. No, all roads lead to lead to Olivia. And I think that it was only through that dialogue that they both were able to have a breakthrough. And I know that we're probably going to dissect it more, but for me, the only thing that was upsetting, but it, which is endemic of who Olivia is and who Olivia continues to be, is the minute Olivia had an emotional breakdown, she projected it and she shifted the energy. She could have had a moment. She, Olivia Pope, could have had a breakthrough moment in really asking herself, what was she afraid of? What does she not think she's worthy of? Why is it? that she was afraid to be with this man without an out. At that moment when she actually felt that emotion and she began to articulate it is exactly the moment when she shifted it back onto Melly. So on some levels, what she was continuing to do is she was continuing to connect her greatness to someone else. And ironically, I felt like we had stopped seeing Olivia do that, but it must be intrinsically who she is because that's what she's doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, So is she going to ride this again and do the same thing Trudy did? We all know that you got the president elected. So now you're going to do that with Melly. So in essence, you're doing exactly what Melly is no longer doing. She's stepping out of someone's shadow and she's organically 100% being the person theoretically without any puppet strings versus I think Olivia still kind of wants to be the puppet master, but arguably never, no one ever knows a puppet master's name. Everyone knows Pinocchio, but I mean, I do know Chabetta. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. I tried, y'all. Right? I did. I did, right? I was going there for a minute. I tried. Yeah. No, we get what you're saying. No, I I agree with both of your points. I think, um, to take it back to the first scene, uh, and when I said drop the mic moment, it it was a drop the mic moment, but not. I didn't think it was necessarily petty. I think it was a moment where you realize in order order for them to proceed to happen happen because they had unfinished business. Mm -hmm. And yes, they, it was a professional relationship, but it's just like this huge elephant in the room if you don't Mm -hmm. address that. And, who better to ask that question than Liv? Granted, I understand what you're saying, Bam. It, it, by asking that question, that is a personal question. Melly should have been prepared for that. But who can really prepare for that? And Melly clearly was not even trying to address that in the book because, once again, because of that unfinished business, by addressing that, then that opens up a whole wound. If you open up that wound, that's why later she went over to Liv's house with the moonshine because that's the only way she can really talk to her in that way. And there was something about seeing them in that apartment going, as she called it, the love shack, being the love mm-hmm. shack for the first time, where her husband is snuck off to multiple nights during the relationship, seeing the 
I guess, seen a different side of Liv mm-hmm. because she complimented her on her taste and like, on the one you can be like, oh, she's just being, no, no, she's being serious. Yeah. Like, oh, you have a nice apartment. Like, no, this is cool. And in that environment, I think it brought them closer in a way where she started to see Liv for who she was. The more they drank, the more the walls came down, the Chinese wall came down, and the more they started to see each other. And I agree with you, um, Sophia. I was very disappointed that Liv didn't just really go into that space because we started to go there. And part of me feels like, did she pull back because you could see that Melly was affected by it? Once she said, I left because I was scared, because, you know, in Melly's mind, Melly's thinking, oh, she left because she realized she didn't like it. But no, Liv was legit just scared of what could be. Um, and God, it was a tough scene. That's why I got so emotional. And I think also, too, I think they were, they are doing a really good job. And it's kind of stems to what you said, Bam, that it was a well written episode and they're really tying it for diehard fans. When Melly said, I couldn't breathe, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? When you were with him, I was able to breathe my own air. I was able to like myself again because I was alone. It made me immediately think about the Rose Garden scene. And I think that what, we're we're realizing is that they both needed each other to basically have not only the moments where they didn't breathe, but also the moments where they did breathe. And so, not to sound corny, in that moment, I think they both exhaled. And I think the, in them saying, <clears throat> I needed you there, and, and I liked having you there, and vice versa, I think that whatever guilt Melly felt as a woman allowing herself to be in in that situation somehow dissipated. And for a little tiny nanosecond, Olivia forgave herself for being the mistress and let that go as well. I am going to be just a little petty um, to piggy off what you said, Sophia, about how Olivia didn't really give all. The one thing that I felt Olivia should have have given to Melly was an apology or some form of some form of um, um, some kind of something. I just I, I was I was looking for some kind of something personally i feel that if olivia in that moment had apologized melly literally would have splashed the moonshine in her face and the reason being is that's what a little person would do that's what a small person would do the fact that melly said when when olivia was like you were always so mean to me and she was like hello yeah you were the mistress mm-hmm. and she's like and then melly said I, why did you never fight back? And Olivia again was like, because I was the mistress. She's like, I wanted you to fight back. That's how Melly shows love. That's what she's been doing with Fitz, arguably not for the full 23 years, but at least for the, for the last seven that we've witnessed. She thinks that's a form of love. That kind of, of, of tussling. Why? Again, cause she's a warrior. She may not be a gladiator, but she's a warrior. I feel that if Olivia had apologized for something that she either intentionally did, but did for seven years, or had no control over because in the same way that ironically Melly is probably the one person who could understand how intoxicating and how all-encompassing being and or loving fits could be so she of all people would probably be the one person who understands that Olivia had no choice Olivia literally was powerless to walk away from the situation I think she would have looked at her and been like are you kidding me like, you're going to apologize after sleeping with my husband for 70 years? No. That, that to me, demeans 
Olivia and demeans her as a woman. I think that, if anything, that's kind of why Melly was saying, why didn't you ever fight back? Because you have a right to. Because at the end of the day, just like we've said several times, I consented to it. I almost pushed him into your, into your, literally into your bed. I see what you're saying, but no. Because I think that also, too, kind of bringing it a little bit outside... I think that that's kind of what's wrong right now with the world that we live in, with these little keyboard gangsters. People say things and then and then people are like, oh, that's racist or homophobic or sexist. And someone goes, I'm sorry. I don't give a rat's ass about your sorry. If you meant what you said when you said it, stand by it. At the end of the day, she meant and organically felt all of her actions. And, and that, then continue to do it, even knowing there was harm. Don't apologize for that. I, I think I'm on the I'm on the same page because it, I feel like uh, apology would literally take them multiple steps back mm-hmm. from all the progress they made in this episode. Because there was the reason why I love this, and it goes back to what you were saying, Bam, about this episode being for the true OG fans. How many times have we rolled our eyes when Liv has had the opportunity to mm-hmm. stand in the sun with Fitz, and then she backs away from it? This episode, she flat out said. I could not commit. I was afraid of committing and you were my cop out. You were, you were the reason why. So by her saying that and by, like you said, by Melly saying, you know, you were there and it allowed me to breathe, both of them making that, I feel like in a way, not apologizing to each other, but it kind of mm-hmm. canceled out. It was like, okay, right. cool. We're both in agreement that we both had our, our part to play in this. So there's no need to apologize. We just stood in our truth. Now let's move forward. And that's when they had the moment where, even though I wanted Liv to go deeper, that's when they had the moment where she said, this is your story. You don't need a man. You can stand on your own. Mm-hmm. That was emotional. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was, I was, yeah. that, that was just, and then I don't know why, but when it got, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. You finish it off. I was going to say, I don't know why when it started going on the press circuit, when we started to see, or we saw, um, oh gosh. Tyrese? No. no. My favorite. Why can't I remember her name? Uh, uh, Susan Ross. No, Liberty Report. Oh, uh, Sally Langston. Sally Langston. When we saw her reading, like, the oh smile on her face, I don't know why that made me so happy. Me I too. was just like, oh. Me too. Because at the end, because you want to know why? Because Sally is not easily um, um, won over. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, we always have to remember, Sally was in the White House. She really knows what went down. So for her to, to actually... It, what she did is she didn't just see Melly as a as a viable candidate. She saw Melly fully step into her womanhood. The filibuster was stage phase one, but that could have been a fluke. If Melly could have just been having a moment where she was really feeling her own power of being a junior senator. But I think that the the pages that were read on the air solidify it. And not only do they solidify it, I think that also part of why. Sally was kind of so in a weird way giddy and part of the reason that I think that Melly and Olivia had to come to Jesus moment is and we've talked about it on this show this is at the end of the day more so than anything else a show recognizing not only the power of womanhood but what it means to be a woman in this country and that Often, regardless of how smart you are, regardless of how um, accomplished you are, regardless of how um, ambitious you are, those are always either presumed to be negatives and or someone is going to say that you only got it because some man gave it to you. And when they said some man gave it to you, it means that you boinked your way to that position and or those accolades. So I felt that Sally 
as a woman and as a woman who has had to fight in a man's world to assert herself to reclaim things solely for her and her alone I think that when she was reading it she was also reading it first and foremost as a woman who understands what it means to be in that position well, Taylor Swift kind of talked about that in her Grammy speech um, when she won for Album of the Year, which we talked about on Happy Hour. Um, we talked about the Grammys. We talked about the Panthers documentary on PBS. Talked about a lot. So make sure you go to iTunes, search for Happy Hour, a shot of conversation, so you can get your shot today. Um, also, if you're on iTunes right now listening, go ahead and click five stars, rate, comment, subscribe. And to all the people watching live on YouTube or just watching on YouTube the day after or a week from now, a month from now, make sure you click that thumbs up button share with a friend and also leave a comment we read them all and we love your feedback um and like we said earlier make sure you send Cornelia some love at Cornelia. um yeah this th- there was just something about about that that's this the the part the excerpt that they took from the the book and released the release of the book that they did it felt like old Olivia Pope was back and I think that's why I love this episode so maybe not old Scandal but old Olivia Pope the real Olivia Pope well she did say you hired this is who you hired yeah when she said you sure can't compartmentalize and I mean Olivia Pope professionally not in her personal Mm -hmm. life if that makes sense Yeah. you know you know what though um it's funny. I remember years and years ago, a really good friend of mine said that often your it your soulmate and your life partner are not one and the same. Mm. And the reason being is that sometimes your soulmate can be all-encompassing, meaning it consumes all aspects of your soul. So therefore, you have no room and no, no space for anything else. And and kind of now that I'm thinking about it, it's kind of similar to, you know, if someone's like a genius or if someone's like a savant, that oftentimes they kind of can't interact in, in the normal world, right? Mm-hmm. They don't kind of have social skills. They don't have whatever. It's like because they, they're so hyper-focused on whatever it is that they're really good at. I'm starting to think, and you guys are probably going to be like, uh, duh, Sophie, but I'm starting to think that that's really also the underlying show arc, Mm. right? Mm. Is whether or not the writers and the powers that be are pro-relationships. And if they are, they may not necessarily be pro-soulmate relationships because they are so all-encompassing. Because here we have Olivia Pope that the times when we have seen her be the Olivia Pope, it's when she stands in the sun on her own. Mm-hmm. And arguably the times where we are seeing Melly stand in the sun, she has stand stood alone. I'm not sure if I like that, but it seems as if that is definitely... <clears throat> the arc for at least this season, arguably the show. Well, it makes sense because Shonda Rhimes is a strong woman herself, stands alone. Good point. And if you think about if you think about what you just said, Sophia, when um, when Melly was in her relationship with Fitz, it was all about Fitz. Me, me, I'm first. Me, me, I'm first. Me, me, I'm first. And what she did and what she sacrificed. Now, although I can't always argue that Melly was not so smart to allow Olivia to be in the marriage and then you not stipulate some rules like but that's whatever. So what who cares? That's in the past. But the fact that she has given all of what she's given, it speaks for what a lot of women do in um, in relationships. They always put 
What? Oh. They I'm, always, just, I'm just having my own little moment. Okay. They always, um, really a, lot, a lot of times, the woman always puts things first because they want to support the man. But like I, but I can, you know. So I, I can argue. Okay, both I'm, gonna, I'm gonna share something with you guys real quick, and then we'll, we'll move on. So years and years ago, I think that some of you guys know that when I'm not here, or you know, in my previous life, I was a full time lawyer, and I remember years ago I was dating someone, and I was kind of having you know like some career issues and trying to figure out what my next move is, and the person I was dating at the time said to me, "You know what, Sophie? Maybe you do a lot better at your job if you were a lot more assertive." If you kind wait, listen. If you kind of were a little bit more commanding and forceful when you speak, right? So I'm sitting there like, do you not know me? And then I realized, oh, he knows relationship Sophia. Relationship Sophia speaks in a completely different tone than professional work Sophia. Fast forward, we happened to be on a conference call together. He needed some legal advice. He needed me on a call. And I will remember after getting off of the call, he was like, oh my goodness, you are amazing. He was like, you control the entire meeting. You have the agenda set. When people literally were trying to go left, you were like, no, we're going to do this. And he was like, you're forceful and whatever, so forth and so on. In that moment that I saw that glimmer and that respect for me as a professional, I also saw a different light go out for me as a woman. For some men, those two cannot exist together. The idea of an, an independent, powerful, strong woman may be intellectually enticing, but unless you are arguably that person's full and total equal, it will be a turnoff. That is why I think, and we've talked about it on the show, that's why I think that so many people are such a fan of Michelle and Barack, because it is undeniable that Barack not only chose his equal, Mm -hmm. but arguably his better. And that, to me, is a testament to him as a man, and that's why he's able to not only be an amazing president, but he's able to be an amazing father and an amazing husband. Because he truly was whole and one, and therefore chose the one. But I think Cornelia says it all the time, if you're broken, two broken people can't create a whole. And so arguably I think that that's kind of why I'm having a moment, because I'm really seeing it. Because now that I'm kind of going back to the first half of season one, yeah, like, what the hell was Fitz doing? Like, how did Fitz think that the woman that he had known for seven years would want to pick out China patterns or whatever the hell she was doing? And the fact that he could is sadly, and I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, you're being sexist or misogynistic or whatever the reverse of it would be. But it kind of speaks for itself. Because he's so, he basically so made her ornamental, what, in the space of four months? Mm-hmm. Even arguably him parading her on his arm. That wasn't about her, that was about him. His ego was hurt. When that little Republican dude came into his oval and tried to read <clears throat> him, he then went directly to Olivia Why? because that's his ego. That didn't have to do with him loving her. That had to do with him as a man, because his pride had to now put his trophy and basically be like, yo, see how shiny she is? I can't even with this show. <laughs> no, really, like I can't. Like I and I, like I said, because I, you can tell by my voice. Like I can't, I can't allow myself to get emotionally invested. Yeah. Anymore, like I'm kind of, I'm compartmentalizing. Just twelve seconds. If you don't say what, this what you what you don't like or what bothers you. 
How do you how do you how do you say I'm a, let's be like a hundred and I and I apologize <laughs> listeners if we're going off on a tangent. How do you tell a man that I do not think you are strong enough to see the totality of who I am? Well, you can start by you can start by a simple conversation of I don't want I'm not happy with you trying to make me be something that I'm not. Start off start off baby steps. Okay, and so then when Fitz goes I've sacrificed for you for seven years. You can't just do this for me? Because isn't that what he said? She, They had this conversation the beginning of season five. And he literally was like, yeah, we need to get our numbers up. I need to get my numbers back up because whatever, because of this whole affair. Mm-hmm. So help me get my numbers up and get back on track and then we'll work on you. That was basically his response. She shouldn't have allowed it, but we have to go No, on. and she didn't allow and that's it why and she that's out. why she left. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, if you want to chime in on this conversation, make sure you go to uh, hashtag ABTV scandal. Let's go to OPA. Not much to talk about here. Just Marcus is still trying to fit in and Huck is uh, cyber stalking his son on the computer. We did find out that the family moved now. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Marcus is trying to fit in and Marcus gave the advice to fit or to Huck that he should go visit Javi, which obviously he doesn't know the background. Mm-hmm. But this is the reason why, even if Huck mm-hmm. didn't want to become his friend, mm-hmm. Quinn should at least given him a little. Somebody should have given him a little something because he doesn't even know anything about his coworkers right now. So the fact he doesn't know that he's giving advice, and obviously because of everything that Huck has been through, he's unstable. Because as soon as Huck saw you saw Huck's eyes, Huck's like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's a good idea. No, that's not a good idea. I don't know. It just makes me sad, man. It makes me sad. I was, I'm sorry. I'm so emotional this episode. I can't. That made me sad. Let's move on. Um, Liv and Jake. <clears throat> Jolivia. We see Jake knock on the door. She opens the door. They're playing some dark ass music when mm-hmm. he walks in. Like, Cause it's empty. Fucking dark. And he walks straight to the bedroom. And also, am I making this up? Did you guys hear like a bed squeaking? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all know that she doesn't have have springs in her bed. <laughs> no, literally. Olivia Pope has probably like a $10,000 mattress. It does not have springs. No, seriously, y'all. Right? They literally that I was can't. for the like that was for that effect that they're in like some seedy stank ass <laughs> hotel. Not even a hotel, a motel if they still exist. No re- like it was so empty and so meaningless and the only thing I need Olivia to stop doing Stop pretending it's not meaningless. This isn't happening again. Shut up. If he is there to numb some whatever the hell he's there to numb, he did what he needed to do. He can leave without y'all speaking. Exactly. But he's, he literally, and I can't believe you haven't said this, Bam. He is so mind-boinking her. It is irritating. I'm glad that you were able to get over your issues with me. What the? No. I was going to get to Jake. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um. Again, oh my god! I, I, you know, I don't know if men. We sometimes we we tend to to deal with our emotions a little bit differently. I'm happy that Fitz is then found him a new boo thing. Olivia, I'm sorry. I understand that it's convenient. It's like um, like you said last week about the, the yeah yeah yeah. Well, I'm gonna say it again. But oh my gosh, Olivia. I need you to find some new wood or buy one. Leave Jake alone. Girl, please let him go. She needs some new wood. I'm she. Or 
I mean, she Go completely does, though. It's literally, it's kind of like, you know, um, and, and not only does she need some new wood, I need her to change her hair. And the reason being, no, 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 no. When a woman changes her hair, she's mm-hmm. about to change her life. Mm-hmm. It is a very, it is a very connected and organic part of who we are. You, 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 you can't break the pattern while not breaking the pattern. So at the end of the day, regardless, and I do not think this is the case, but she has been ping-ponging between Jake and Fitz. To literally get over Fitz, you actually also have to take Jake out of the equation. Mm-hmm. I agree with everyone. My thing is, Olivia, for a normal person, yes, get get some new one, it's fine. For Olivia, the last time she got some new wood, he also, Wrong. like, so, What? No, and it's funny that you say that because literally when they were actually walking down the hallway, in my mind, I was like, oh, it would kind of be nice if she pulled a gun on him. And not in a mean way. Right. But, like, at least that, like, mm-hmm. I could kind of maybe get into. Like, I need her to take, like, it's, and I know where they're going. I know that they're saying, like, she's kind of this broken and she's kind of, like, in this space. But again, like, well, then what the, was season four? Right. Do you know what I'm going to say? Like, really, can we have some, and I, and I don't need, actually, you know what? I don't even want to go on a tangent. She's making, I don't even want to go she's making baby steps, and I need her to make leaps. The baby step, the first step was her getting rid of the sofa that she had for multiple seasons with that damn wall. And someone stand. even told me, and I never noticed this too. Did you guys notice that the walls, the walls have changed color? Mm-hmm. I saw that. I didn't notice yeah. that until someone told me on She's Twitter. making changes in her apartment. She needs to make changes in her damn life. And although, although she found a new guy and she got played, Fitz is gonna happen. The same thing's gonna happen to Fitz. You, you just no. It's not. It's not. And this is the funny thing mm-hmm. is, it's that they live in different worlds. Mm-hmm. The difference is, Fitz, Fitz literally can be the man who the president of the United States been having an affair, and everyone goes, "Oh, well, he doesn't keep his dick in his pants." But no one. Then the conversation stops. Mm-hmm. He literally had a mistress and paraded her around in front of the national public and became a hero. He divorced his wife after twenty three years. Now he's literally going to date the reporter. The fact, wait, listen, the fact that they only had one proper interview and he felt comfortable enough after she was like, I like you. Duh, you're the president. You have presidential swag. It ain't really about you, boo. Right. But then he's like, okay, cool. Then let's skip this and go to dinner. It really shows that he's kind of like, uh, he's a little kid and he really just like does what he wants in the, in, in the moment. But ironically, that's kind of what men are allowed to do. Men are allowed to do whatever they want in any given moment, and no one thinks, oh, they're emotional. That's your emotion. If you think with your dick, that is your emotional subtext or your emotional core saying that I need gratification. However, when a woman does it, she's weak and she's emotional. Fitz is probably the most emotional person. So you're supposed to be worried about your legacy. You're supposed to be worried about the last however six months that you have. But you're going to forego an interview to take a woman to dinner? Get over yourself. I didn't say, when I say that he's getting played, I mean as far as the relationship. The the the, the woman, I feel, has some kind of motive. As far as what the outcome is, I mean, is, you're, you're, you're 100% correct because this is scandal. Mm-hmm. But in the moment, nah, he's the president. Yeah. Like, no one's trying to play him. Like, you're literally, you're just that geeked over the power. And for a moment, because he has, in fact, divorced his wife, he is arguably the most eligible bachelor in the world. And remember, he's young. He's young. And I'm not going to lie, Fitz was looking good this episode. Yeah, Let's was. be honest. Yeah, I, so, I mean. He was, because it's those eyes. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed how he does that whole mm-hmm. stare? Isn't that supposedly like a technique, a pickup technique? Like, if you literally hold someone's gaze for like an extra second? Everybody has this one this one everybody thing. Has, everybody has their thing. Yeah, I can do this thing on my forehead. Everyone has their, I don't got movie. nothing. That's yes, you got everything. it. You just don't, don't. No, you got it. No, everybody got has it. that one thing. I'll tell you offline what you do. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wait a minute. Well, hopefully there will be some new developments next week, y'all. No, so you're gonna be doing that all the time, walking oh, down the street, MG. whatever it is. I hope it's something oh. that can be done out in public. What she do? No, don't, 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 you won one try- word, but it's oh, did I? Darn I can't. It. I can't. No, I, I agree. Well, I'll save it for predictions mm-hmm. with yeah. with Lillian. But um, Sophia saw because I was sitting right next to her, and right when Lillian came on the screen, it was mm-hmm. like immediately you could tell, yeah. oh, she's gonna fall for him, or there's something there. So that was obvious. Um, Cyrus, 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 Cyrus. Um, when Cyrus, I first of all, I love what I love about Cyrus's character is how I feel like Cyrus is like me, Cyrus. Sometimes he makes rash decisions, but a lot of times Cyrus reflects on multiple occasions, multiple experiences, and then he makes a final decision, and that's the that's mm-hmm. it. Um, and I'm the same way. I don't always make a decision immediately. I may say, you might ask for my advice, and I'll sit and ponder on it, and I'll come to you a week later, and like, oh shit, that's good. Like I'm that type of person. Cyrus, it was like a series of events in this episode. First, it was when um, he was in the Oval talking to Fitz, and Fitz pretty mm-hmm. much said, "I'm done." Mm-hmm. Then it was when he was talking to Melly, and that scene with Melly when she was at the bar with them, and then he's like, "Oh, you'll be great. You can, you can really nail Susan." Blah blah. Oh, um, I, yeah, I already picked someone to run my campaign, and you can see as soon as she said that, everything she said after he was just like, "Fuck, you, fuck you, fuck you," <laughs> like everything after that. Um, when we had the scene where he was in his bedroom, in Fitz's bedroom. Once again, there was like this darkness to the scene, mm-hmm. the lighting, the shadows, everything was beautiful about that scene. And when he said my cousin died, Sophie and I were both, and I'm sure you were too, Ben, like we were all thinking something else was about to happen. Um, but when he said my cousin died, I have to go to the funeral. I'm sorry. Me too. And then fast forward, he's with this new vibrant, uh, was that a Latino? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Latino. Um, mm-hmm. That's Carlos from That's What I Was Wives. Yeah. He's married to, uh, wait, was that him? That was him. Really? I didn't catch that either. I was wondering why he looked familiar. Mm-hmm. Are you sure it's him? That is um, him. Was, I mean, was he married to... It's yeah. ABC Family. ABC. It's yes. ABC. Uh, you know what I mean? The ABC Family, not I ABC Family. I love when they give people roles back from... No. Anyway, um, I don't know. There was just some... Like, yeah, vibrancy. With him, he was on the stage. You see him talking, and then you see how he's responding to the questions at first. And at first, he's like, oh, he's, no, he's a little too timid. When he really stood in his own truth and then start walking out into it, like, oh, that's a president right there. That's something that Fitz didn't have. <laughs> I think it's going to be great. I think I, I like There's something about this episode that just made me giddy. This, this is a little bit of a prediction. The only thing is, in an ideal world, then, I need them to kind of get hurry up and do the Melly and, Su- and Susan to then get to whomever and this guy. Does it make sense? It's going to be too messy. Like, I kind of need this show to be a little cleaner. Like, I don't need so many stories and so many characters. So, I, again, I agree. I, I love the introduction of this character. I love the message that he is projecting about basically reclaiming or reaffirming the American dream and what that, that means and what that stands for. But I don't need it to be, like, him versus Melly and Susan and Melly Susan versus each other and blah, blah, blah. I just, I don't need it. I don't need it. Well, that. remember, we're only on episode 11. And so there's 22 episodes. So... <laughs> we we have a they have a plenty of time to draw this out. But I, I hope they don't. I hope they just kick the door down and just mm. start going pounding the pavement. Because uh, I don't think so. Because I think Cyrus has to um, the way that they was building this up. This is Cyrus' big secret. So I don't think the bomb is going to drop that quickly. 
Yeah, four, definitely not. Yeah, four, five, four, five, six episodes. It will, it will come to light. Well, we'll see. Um, this episode standalone, I loved it though. So we'll see what happens next week. Let's it was a go. candidate for your top five. Ha, ha, ha. Um, candidate. See how I did that there. I see. <laughs> I don't know if it broke the top five, but it was it was a great episode. I, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, let's go into news and gossip. Now, we rarely have news and gossip on here, guys, but this week uh, there is a lot of great news. Joe Morton, Papa Pope, Rowan, um, he has been promoted to series regular on ABC, on Scandal, and um, that's a big deal. So we're going to be getting more of his monologues. It's going to be interesting to see, though, how he's incorporated, like how much more they're going to incorporate in the show. But granted, just because you're a series regular doesn't mean necessarily you get more airtime because Mark is a series regular and we don't see that much of him yet. So, um, But I'm sure it's a, a pay bump for him. So good job, Joe Morton. He's an amazing actor, very talented. Second news, um, Channing Dungy is now the president of ABC Entertainment Group, the first black woman to be the head of... A major network. A major network. Mm-hmm. Wait, is, it, is she the first black one or the first black person, period? I forgot what it was. Hold on. I want to double check really fast just to make sure I get the facts right. Um, but regardless, congratulations to you because that is a huge yeah, accomplishment. Yeah, and she's supposedly responsible for a lot of uh, Quantico, American Crime, How to Get Away with Murder. Yes, first black president, period. So yeah, not even first black woman, first black president. There, there is no other. Yeah. Because there was one other person that tried to buy the network a long time ago. Yeah, so yeah, that's a big accomplishment. So congrats to you, Channing, and I can't wait to see what you do with the network. Mm-hmm. And then we have some personal news. Um, for anyone who is in the L.A. area next week, uh, Canelia will be performing a stand-up comedy at the Flappers Comedy Club, mm-hmm. and that is Tuesday the 23rd at 8 p.m. And so you can really go out and you guys can laugh and you can also do something good because it is also a fundraiser for the Flint water crisis. So again, you guys can check out Camelia doing stand-up comedy, the Flappers Comedy Club, Tuesday, February 23rd, if you are in the LA area. We have been to the Flappers Club and we've seen Camelia. If y'all think she's funny when she does, when she does cold peas, her stand-up takes it to a whole nother level. So and again, make sure you check her out if you're in the LA area. And if you are not and you have a cold piece or a cold piece at for Canelia, make sure you hit her up on Twitter or Instagram at Canelia. And I think I always look at the wrong camera. I don't know what camera to look at. Y'all notice that? I don't I really was, like talking. I was looking at that one too. Since you were looking there, so yeah, <sighs> they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. Uh, so yeah, so we won't have a coat piece because we're not going to do it since Canelia is not here. Yeah, but that would be sacrilegious. I know, right? Um, so we're going to go ahead and go into <laughs> predictions. And now you're after Buzz TV. Um, so I'll start. I think that Lillian, uh, kind of with Bam's prediction, I think that Lillian has a motive because as sexy as Fitz can be sometimes, I don't think, I don't think he's that sexy. <laughs> like, let's be real. Um, uh, so not to the point where she can't even do her job. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm not buying it. So we'll see. I think that there's something more of that. Uh, with Liv and Jake, um, she needs to either cut ties or, or just admit Admit it. Admit what you're doing and just own it. Um, we're going to see a transform Melly, and I can't wait to see her growth. I think Susan is going to find out about David and Liz. And like I said earlier, I hope that she uses that as motivation to fight to back. Um, and I think something devastating is going to happen with Huck and his family. Hmm. I actually like all of his predictions. <clears throat> 
I predict that within the next couple episodes, I will start drinking vodka on air. <laughs> um, that I will probably continue to rant. Um, and I don't know. You know what I think it is? And this is going to sound really weird, y'all. Um, I really appreciate you guys continuing to watch us and continuing to listen to us because I know that people have had uh, varying emotional feelings regarding this season of Scandal. Um, so tweet me. I think that's what I'm missing. Do you guys remember in season one and season two yeah. how much we talked with you guys and we interacted and we and we argued and we debated and we discussed and we dissected? I think maybe that's what I'm missing. Yeah. So, you know, hit me up. I know that it may seem like I'm a little bit lackluster uh, this season and maybe it's because I'm not connecting with you guys. So, you know, hit me up. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and let's really talk scandal, even if it's season one scandal. Yeah, let's go back to season one. The trail. Uh, my predictions is um, I wonder if Cyrus had anything to do with uh, Liliana Forrester being involved. I feel like Cyrus is like so over and done with Fitz that um, I think he's I think he's done. I think he's over, he's over uh, over Fitz. So it would be nice if Cyrus had something to do with that. I need Fitz to. Um, I just need his last six months. I need him to like burn. He's a terrible president. He is. He's a terrible president. Um, he's terrible. That's all. He's just he's terrible. The fact that you want to you want to you want to sit in you want to sit in the um in your last six months and not do shit. He's he's terrible. He's terrible, and I need him to burn. And at, it looks like where that's going with all this woman power thing going with with uh with with Fitz. I'm sorry, with Liv and um Melly joining forces. Then you have Susan. So he just needs to burn. He's a terrible president. <laughs> And that's um, how you really feel. Yeah, I do. And <laughs> I'm just laughing at the, uh, the choice of your word, Bird, oh, not that what you're yeah. saying. I apologize. And um, I hope Millie doesn't. I hope she's not the president. Okay. I don't think she she deserves to win. I also don't think she deserves to win. And with this whole thing with um, with Huck, I have a feeling that Marcus is going to be in the middle of this. I don't know if he will then go and follow Huck or save him or something but I feel like he needs more of a storyline and so this whole thing with him and Huck and him going to see Javi Marcus is going to be involved some way somehow that's a good prediction yeah, I like that hope he don't get shot um, oh and listen <laughs> um, guys we had a blast covering Scandal tonight um, where can we find you guys on social media uh, you can find me on all social media at Bam Erickson at Sophia Stanley, Twitter and Facebook, at the Sophia Stanley on Instagram. And if you want to check out our podcast, Happy Hour, at Happy Hour underscore TV. And you guys know where to reach Camellia, at Camellia. And for me, at Emil and it's Junior. And in honor of Scandal, well, it's still on the West Coast. Happy National Wine Day. East Coast is over, but I'm going to go home and have a glass of wine just because it's Happy National Wine Day. Wait, do you say just because, just because it's National Wine Day, not Happy National Wine you would think I was drinking already. I can't. Anyway, guys, we had a blast. Uh, tune in, same time, same place next week, and we will be here for episode 12. Talk to you soon. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz. Yeah, later. Yeah. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 